What's up, world? Welcome to another episode of the Brandon Janu Show. As you already know, uh, I am Brandon Janu, just in case you were wondering. Uh, so, man, oh man, oh man, if you also know, shout out to everybody that's been following, watching uh, on YouTube. Uh, uploaded uh, where you can kind of find me, at Brandon Janu Show on YouTube. So, that is Brandon Janu Show on YouTube. That is fair. Uh, all of these videos, podcasts, video episodes are always uploaded on my YouTube channel. Shout out to all the new subscribers to, new, to my YouTube channel. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, shout out to all the people that's been viewing the clips or watching the entire episodes. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, and um, like always, <laughs> like always, man, shout out to everybody that is uh, following me on social media, Brian Janu Show on Instagram. That's pretty much where you can find me mostly. And also on uh, on uh, TikTok. That's probably why I forget it because I don't really use it that much. But TikTok, uh, brand new show on TikTok as well. And just in case you need to listen to the podcast, if you can't watch it because you might be driving, I am on audio everywhere, podcast platforms everywhere. So if you can't watch the videos on YouTube or you can't follow me on Instagram, social media. You can just really just hit up the podcast platforms everywhere I am. Brand new show, podcast platform. Shout out to everybody that's been listening. Shout out to everybody that's been uh, watching. Shout out to everybody that's been, that's been subscribing, following, wherever, man. Thank you, guys. I really, really appreciate it. And now, let's get into it. Tonight's episode is very quick and very simple. WWE Survivor Series War Games, which means this is Brand new show, wrestling life let's get it man wwe war games just wrapped up uh let me see hold on yep about 30 minutes ago uh well i can't even say about 20 20 minutes ago uh it just wrapped up um held in the td gardens boston massachusetts um this is so this was incredible this is the rate and review show man of it uh, this is the last rate and review show of the year because they won't be, well, technically they do have an NXT one and I might watch it, so it might not be the end of the year, but I don't really, yeah, I might do that one, I don't know, but depending on this, depending on, you know, what I see in that, I might do one, depending on how I feel about it, uh, I gotta first see the deadline, um, kind of see how that works, and then if I like it, then I probably will do an episode on it, um, but, um, until then, this might be, but if that isn't the case, this is gonna probably be the last rate and review of the year, so I hope you guys enjoy this, until next year, because the Royal Rumble is around the corner, uh, three days before my birthday, so I'm looking forward to that, but if you know anything about this Wrestling Life episodes, the rate and review shows that I do, you already know, I rate and review, well, I reviewed the pay-per-view pretty much, and then I rate it from pretty much one star, up like 0.5 stars to five stars. It is the best thing I've seen. Usually, I do have five, three five-star matches or multiple five-star matches if that's the case. Like tonight, I got three, like I said, uh, but if it's multiple five-star matches, then I will go from the least five-star match that I saw to the best match on the card. And, of course, like I said, I usually don't give out 
1.5 stars. That's literally like the match really just didn't fucking happen. So literally I start from like one star to five. So if you, like I said, like this, man, comment, uh, subscribe. I love comments. Appreciate it. Uh, if you are commenting, if you like it, please like it. If you like it, comment, like it, do it all, man. On podcast platforms, all on my YouTube channel, or even on social media, if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok, comment. You know, I would love to get back into this with you guys. Um, but like I said, man, so you know the rating system starts off at pretty much one star to five stars. Um, and like I said, Survivor Series War Games was <laughs> fucking good. Uh, let's start it off like that. Um, and also, like I said, man, I don't really, I, it was not that many matches, but because you got two war game matches, that's pretty much going to bleed for like at least 40 to 45 minutes. Uh, so there really wasn't that many matches on this card, but for the matches that there were, I really enjoyed them. So let's get into it. Uh, the first match that clearly is the match that I'm kicking this off with is my least favorite match on the card, but I had low expectations for this match, and it actually succeeded better than I thought. It was actually better than I actually thought. Um, and that is... Uh, Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi SmackDown Women's Championship match. Um, all in all, this is. I thought this should have been a squash match, to be honest with you. Um, so that's kind of why I didn't really see a really good match with this. Um, I thought it'd be a squash match. I think the build up to this match really fucked up because it's like they kept. I get Triple H loves Raquel Rodriguez, which is obvious because he, she was literally one of his star pupils in NXT before he left. I get that, and I, and I understand that. Um, but you're putting her in this, like, robbery. Like, she's the superstar. Like, she's the one that's going at Ronda, where I get it. The, the play is to put her in the Royal Rumble match, and maybe she wins, and then she fights Ronda. But I don't want to see her and Ronda fight at WrestleMania. I'm sorry. I just don't want to see that shit. Um, so if you if that's the play, if you're gonna like, I would do the match at WrestleMania because that's kind of the only person you could see fight Ronda outside of Shayna, like like because there's not that many people you want to see Ronda fight. Like I don't want to see like other than probably Becky. I would like to see her and Becky fight, but you know, but is Becky going to you know you know SmackDown? Probably not as long as Seth is on Raw, so. It just doesn't make any sense, but this match, I didn't have, like, a lot of expectations for it. I thought it was okay. Like I said, the build-up was kind of more centered around... They were trying to make shots here on it all, but the, the fucking real match was kind of centered around Raquel Rodriguez, kind of helping her every time she needed something. And this was... This was... But it all in all, into the match. Let's get into the match, technically. But, um... But the match was pretty fucking good. I think it was it was better than I expected. Like I said, I was thoroughly entertained. I was like, mm, this is pretty actually this is actually pretty good. Shasi never let them double team her, which was a good thing. She she even though she is the, technically the underdog, I like the fact that she never let Shayna kind of get an upper hand on her, and they didn't really use Shayna as like some some decoy. Like they kept trying to get Shayna involved, and Shasi just kept reversing and kept catching her and she kept fucking her over and it kind of put Rhonda in a in an interesting situation because you expect Shane to kind of like help you but she couldn't really do that much 
And, you know, what got me really interested in the, in the match is when they were outside and it, it, and Shasi threw Shayna and Ronda into the crowd and she just jumped off the barricade to like Shayna and Ronda and like these fans and they just fucking fell to the ground. It's like, what the fuck? I was like, ECW? What the fuck is going on? ECW in Boston? What the fuck is going on? Um, all in all, I thought the match was, was like I said, I didn't have really that much expectations. I'm going to be honest. Like, I probably was going to rate this a two before I actually even saw it. And I was like, because yeah, the buildups kind of sucked. Because, like I said, you're kind of trying to make Sh- Shotzi this underdog. But she, what you're really making Raquel kind of the star of this situation. And usually I don't agree with wrestling things like that because I feel like they're kind of biased in the situation. But it all in all, it kind of did look like even though you put Shotzi as the number one contender, the real number one contender is going to be Raquel Rodriguez one day, eventually. And you got to see how that's going to play out for the people. All in all, Shotzi and, and Ronda was okay. It was decent. As I thought it was going to be a two. I gave it a three and a half. I gave it three and a half stars. Um, I might bump that down to three. It's a three. It's not two, but it's a three. And I don't think it's three and a half. I give it two. Um, I thought the the ending of the match was pretty interesting and pretty decent, but all in all, I liked it. I liked the match. I thought it was pretty good, but I give it a three. I might give it three and a half. I, I put three and a half. But I'm gonna give it three. So yeah, three stars. Um, it wasn't a bad match. Like I said, I didn't have that many. I didn't have high expectations for it. I expected it to be what it was, and that's kind of why I felt like this match kind of just lived up to what I expect. It, it it went past what I expected, and that's a good thing for. A match like, cause you can't, and this is my problem with Ronda. Like, it's not that much you can do with her. Like, you're building her to be like Brock Lesnar, but the dang bell Brock was, he squashed his fucking opponents. Like Brock let some get offense come in, but he never let them. We never thought they had a chance. It feels like every time Ronda gets in a ring, it feels like you got a chance. Like even if we know the results, Ronda's gonna win, but it's like. Ron is letting you get your offense in. It shouldn't be that way. If you're building her to be like the female Brock Lesnar, just let her squash these people and keep it fucking pushing because it doesn't make any sense to have her kind of have these matches where you know they're underdogs. You know they have no chance. Like, I remember like when they did the crown jewel match for Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet. You know damn well Ricochet didn't belong in that fucking ring with fucking Brock Lesnar. And you put him in a match against Brock Lesnar, and he got fucking destroyed. Like, this is the type of matches that you're supposed to build Ronda as. But instead, you're trying to, like, build her as, like, a real wrestler. And it's like, that shit is not going to work if you're actually trying to build her also to be the female Brock Lesnar. That shit don't work. So I think that is why I think three stars is a decent rating for this because you can't really do that much with Ronda. And you can't really do that much with Shotzi. It's like, you, you because we know the result, but we also know that it's kind of like an underdog. Like she's not gonna beat her. So, yeah, this is this was stupid. And I and and I I want to see how the storyline is not gonna play out with the SmackDown Women's Championship because you got two months to figure out how you are gonna push Ryder now. Because you can keep pushing as the baddest woman on the planet, shit. But who the fuck gonna step up to her on SmackDown? You have no you have no real threat like other than Raquel Rodriguez. Like I said, Shayna Baszler. Those are the only two people now that I see can really fight this woman. And she could probably beat. Excuse me. She probably beat Raquel, but I don't think she beat Shayna like that. So it, it it's a pretty yeah, that's a pretty interesting. And plus, you just got them together, so I don't think they're gonna switch up and do the 
the Shayna uh, Ronda rivalry just yet. But um, yeah, I was just eating cookies, so that's probably why I got I got milk. So yeah, I was just eating cookies. But anyway, um, let's go to the next match on a card that I gave uh, a pretty a pretty decent rating. Man, I'm gonna be honest. This pay didn't really have that many. Like I said, it didn't have that many bad matches because it really wasn't that many fucking matches to call bad. I mean, when you really only had like three matches outside the War Games match, the Ronda match, and then this next match, um, AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. Um, again, maybe I'm rating them a little too high. Um, because when I saw it, I'm like pretty decent compared to what it could have been. Um, the beginning of this match was kind of like a, a stalemate. You know, Finn and AJ were kind of countering each other a lot. And, you know, AJ started working on the body part, which is, again, a very interesting detail to this match because Finn kept playing up the leg. That's a big thing because if you're going to have a match against somebody like AJ Styles that is a technician in the ring and he can go and he can do things, if he's been working on your leg, I'm pretty sure you should play up to that fucking injury. So... This is kind of what it was. It was kind of like a battle of... It was a stalemate for most of the match. AJ and Finn. Uh, this is the first time these two men got in the ring and fought each other one-on-one since TLC in 2016, 2017. Yeah, it's been a minute. So, it's been a minute. I remember AJ kind of stepped in for Bray Wyatt back in the day, and that's when them two first fought. But um, but this was kind of an interesting match, man. And like I said, it was a stalemate at the beginning. Um, They had the Judgment Day in the OC out there with them in this match. But to be honest, like, this match didn't really ramp up until they got out of the match. Like, it, uh, Dominic Mysterio jumped in, pulled AJ's legs from under him on an apron, he fell, and then they kind of, like, double, like, they cornered Dominic first, which was kind of stupid. I guess they had to get uh, Damian Priest to see what was going on, because I would have just jumped on Dominic right then and there. But they had to kind of get, I guess, Damian Priest, because Damian Priest was on the opposite side of the ring so it was two rings so of course probably you were your, your vision was objected so you probably couldn't see because Finn and the ref and AJ's in the ring so you're probably trying to see what the hell's going on but they had it like they waited to like Damian Priest kind of like got in position and then they kind of jumped on uh Dominic Mysterio which was kind of uh, weird I mean at the beginning but all in all it it, it, it spilled out into the crowd which was perfect the OC and the Judgment Day these are the types of situations I like that situation you know, the one thing I liked about the Finn and Edge match was, for the most part, it was just a one-on-one match, and I liked that. I think that that is the biggest part about these situations. AJ and Finn, as great as they are with the groups, they're better when they're just one-on-one. And that's kind of what this match picked up as. It picked up when they kind of left. And I thought that was a pretty good situation. Um, All in all, uh, this was exactly what I expected. AJ needed this one. Like, God knows, AJ needed this one. He hasn't won a pay-per-view match in a good bit. So, to see AJ kind of get this victory was very important. Um, over somebody like a Finn Balor that is building and is continuously um, moving in the in the, in the upper tier of WWE, which I think, like I've said numerous times, him and Shinsuke Nakamura are going to get the two biggest push, two biggest pushes after WrestleMania. I can see both of them kind of becoming, again, those NXT guys like Kevin Owens, and I think also be on the lookout for like Pete Dunne and Gunter. Pete Dunne and Walter, they're going to get pushes too at the WrestleMania. So, but 
yeah, you got to get Finn that kind of push, but you needed to get AJ back into the to the win column, especially on a pay per view, because people are watching this shit and people wanted AJ to win in Boston. That's a very important thing because you hear the crowd saying, "AJ, come on, let's like win this shit." And the crowd wasn't really fit in Finn, and that's a good thing because now Finn is playing into the to the to the role of the villain. So it's great. Uh, I get it's a four and a half stars, maybe because the finish, and like I said, after the Judgment Day, the OC left. It kind of felt like okay, this is really what we wanted. Um, but I'm gonna probably knock that down also to maybe a four. I'm gonna knock that down to a four. Like I said at the beginning, I kind of was like. Ugh. At the X, I'm watching. I'm like four and a half. That's definitely. But now that I got time to actually pay attention, like really look back at it and think about it, it was like it was a four. The start kind of stalled the match. The ending picked it up and won it for me. But yeah, it's a four because of the start. The start is like a two. But maybe that's probably why I gave it a five and a, half, a two and a half extra. But it's a four. I give it a four. Now, like I said earlier, I got three five star matches. Like I said, it's not that many matches on this card. Three five star matches, and I'm gonna go with the match that I thought was uh, the least, my least favorite. I won't say least favorite, but the match that I thought was good, but it was it could have improved somewhere, and it was actually really really good compared to the two other five star matches. This is pretty decent, like to have a five star. Um, that is Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory for a triple threat United States title match. Now I can bring this dag down. Now I can bring this to a four and a half, but the finish is so funny, and I think that's why I kind of gave it a five. So this match, all in all, man, was literally keep Bobby Lashley the fuck out the ring. <laughs> it's like keep Bobby Lashley the fuck out the ring. Do not let him get in the ring. Do not let him instill his power on a set or Austin. Uh, first of all, shout out to Seth Rollins for rocking. Uh, the late great uh, white Power Ranger himself, <laughs> like it, it, like man, it, for him to come out in the white Power Ranger outfit, man, I was like, yo, that's what I'm talking about. Um, uh, Jason David Frank, uh, man, uh, Tommy, as I know as a kid, Tommy, uh, the white Power Ranger himself, the goat, uh, rest in peace. So uh, the C set come out with that attire on, I was like, okay, that's that's why that's why I love that's why I love Seth Rollins because he he just understands um the tie and and but this match man was incredible man it was it was it was incredible it was a really good fucking match like I said keep away from Bobby Lashley don't let him get his his strength in the game his strength in the match For all of, all of all of it to be honest with you man I didn't know how this dynamic was gonna work I'm gonna be honest with you I really didn't know how this dynamic was gonna work. Bobby is so strong and uh, has been dominant, but Austin Theory has a new kind of found aggression. <laughs> Get it? Aggression? Aggression error? Um, he's got a new ruthless aggression, I should say, to his, to his character. And I think that, like, I've, I've been one of the rare few, I've been one of those that have said Austin Theory needed to lose the briefcase because it probably would unlock who the fuck he needs to be. Holy shit. He lost the briefcase and now everybody loves him now. Holy shit, Austin's now the noun. He's the guy now. It's like, bro, bro, I've been saying lose the briefcase. He probably would be a better fucking person for it. And he probably would be a better champion for it. Guess what? Holy shit, look at him. He's fucking incredible now. Look at that shit. And everybody even two, three weeks ago when people were screaming, he shouldn't have lost it. He should have never put, he cashed in on the U.S. championship. I said literally after that, that day, I said, 
that might have been the best thing for fucking Austin Theory that he fucking cashed in finally and got it over and done with because as long as he had the briefcase, he was never going to beat Roman Reigns. We fucking knew that. So, all in all, I thought this match was incredible. Seth Rollins doing what Seth Rollins do. Create uh, offense and, and, and new inventions of offense. <laughs> like, the fact that he literally used Austin Theory to curve stump Bobby Lashley was pretty fucking decent. He didn't get caught this time because usually that was the time where he jumped on Randy Orton and he popped him up and RKO'd him. But this time he didn't get caught. He didn't get caught. He used Austin Theory and then stump uh, Bobby Lashley. I thought, again, man, it was a really good match in the ending. Like I said, it was funny. And it was actually interesting because all in all, man, this match was such a up and down battle. It was such a crazy thing. And at the end, everybody's trying to get their finishes in. Bobby Lashley literally tried to put both of them dudes in a hurt lock together. Um, but um, what happened at the end was pretty funny and pretty interesting. Uh, you know, set goes for the... Uh, the you know the suplex off the top rope and then he turns around does the falcon arrow and and then he turns him and does the falcon arrow. He had Austin Theory kind of like that and he was about to turn him to do it and then before he even get to turn him, Bobby Lashley just spears him and they Bobby kind of falls off the ring kind of, but Austin Theory is still kind of like holding on to Seth Rollins. Seth's down. Austin, put his, Austin Theory puts his arm over set. One, two, three. He's not a United States champion. Now, this is probably, this is probably why I gave it a five. Because I've never seen too many faces since WrestleMania 30 when Brock Lesnar beat Undertaker. I've never seen the fans be like, what the fuck was that? Who the fuck? What the fuck? Why would you let him win? Like, what? Fans are like, what the fuck? Uh, I, I guess. Yeah, that works. I guess. Shit, I don't know, maybe. But for again, for an Austin Theory that's struggled for year for the last couple months, but now he's kind of like got a career resurgence. You just beat literally two of the top guys in WWE, literally one of the best wrestlers in the in the company, and Seth Rollins, and somebody that's just that damn dominant. And Bobby Lashley, you beat him, and then you pin Seth of all people. That's a massive fucking thing, man. And again. You're on Raw. You don't really have a champion. So it kind of is like you are the future. You are the champion now of Raw. So what are you going to do with it? And that's an interesting thing. I want to see how this U.S. title reign is going to go with him other than, like, the last. The last was kind of it – was, it was a Vince orchestrated situation where this is kind of more so now we get to see the aggression. We get to see who you are now with the title. And like I said – you're kind of the man now because you're technically the only main champion on Raw. You don't really have the tag team titles. You don't have the WWE Championship or the Universal. You're kind of the only champion on Raw outside of the women's division. You're kind of the man right now. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see how this plays out. But all in all, I thought the match was incredible. Um, like I said, the dynamic was interesting at first. But after watching it and seeing the match and how it kind of finished, I was like, that's a pretty fuck. That's that's a five. <laughs> I was like, mm, that's a five. I give it a five. Um, yeah. Um, now get into it. <sighs> yes, the last two matches got fives, are clearly the war games matches. But which 
is the best one I've seen out of these two. <sighs> Coming in, the second best, one of the best matches of the night, one of the best matches of the night was definitely a War Games match, but it was the women's War Games match. I think that, I knew it was going to kick off the show, because clearly that was going to be the main event, Bloodline versus Brawler Brute, that's clearly the main event, Roman is the guy, he's the man, and the Bloodline storyline is just way more intriguing, but the team, team damage control versus team Bianca was incredible, man, it was fucking good, to see how they were going to particularly put the people in place, uh, I thought was intriguing as fuck, <laughs> I thought that was intriguing as fuck, um, Team Team Damage Control got the advantage. They beat uh, Rhea Ripley, beat Oscar on Monday Night Raw, so they got the advantage, which means they will have the number advantage for most of the match. Uh, as the match continued, um, I thought it was a pretty good thing. Uh, Bianca started for her team. Clearly, that makes sense because she is kind of the only person that has won been in war games. People forget she was like I think in the first women's war game with Rhea, which is the funniest shit in the world. Her Rhea. I think Dakota Kai were in the first fucking women's war game, which is the craziest shit to ever hear in your life. And and I think even EO Sky. I think EO Sky was also in that fucking war game match, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe she was in the second one for the women's in NXT. But in matter of fact, is this is how crazy that shit is because I think it was like supposed to be I think it was maybe four women in that match, to be honest. I think it was four women in that match, if I'm not mistaken. It's like 8 on 8. It wasn't 10 on 10. No, 5 on 5. It was, it was 4 on 4. And I think you had Dakota Kai, Rhea, and Bianca on the same team in the first women's Royal Game match in NXT. And they were, I think, who the fuck were they battling? They were going to get some fucking faction. It was some faction. I fucking forgot. It was like a women's faction in NXT. I forgot who the fuck it was. Oh, Shanna Baszler. Shanna Baszler and some other women. I forgot who the fuck I saw on that team, but yeah, I remember that, and and yeah, so they were literally in the first women's war games match in NXT. Bianca and Rhea, as a matter of fact, it, Bianca and Rhea actually won, and it was only two of them against four other women, against Shayna Baszler and like four other people. I forgot who else was in that match. I forgot, but yeah, they beat them. <laughs> they fucking beat them. So, um, but Bianca started it off. It makes sense. She's the leader. She should have started it off. Uh, you know, this isn't like the man's war game match where Roman Reigns is going to take his time. He's not going to jump out there and be like, yeah, I take it. She's more, she's the face. So she's supposed to take the the mantle of like, I'm the leader. I'm going to take advantage of this. I'm going to help you guys. I'm, I'm going to start off with this match. So she starts it off and it was against Dakota Kai, who again, like I just said, was supposed to be in that first ever woman's war game match in NXT. And she turned on a partner <laughs> in that match. And turn on them, Rhea and Bianca, and left them high and dry. They still won a match, but that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> and so it was those two women to start off. Uh, the advantage came, and then it was uh, Eos, Eos Sky, I think, came after that. Uh, and then, which led to Asuka coming out for Team Bianca after that. And then it led to Nikki Cross coming out after that. <laughs> which led to Alexa Bliss coming out, which is intriguing as shit because when you, and let me back it up because 
Eosky and Asuka have a connection to Japan back in the day. They used to be tag team, tag team back in the day in Japan. And Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross have literally been tag team champions before in the past. So it kind of made sense that these are this was the situation uh, that was and ahead at that time. And it was pretty pretty interesting to see. Um, and then it goes into uh, Bailey being the next person out of for her team. Um, do I really need to go into the to the situation between her and Bianca? The last couple of fucking months. How about the fact that uh, Alexa Bliss and her have had problems back in the day? Like, it's pretty, pretty her and Oscar. Like, so it's kind of like it made sense, which it brought out Mia Yim, which I don't know what the fuck her name is supposed to be. Like, they gave her a nickname, but it seemed like they're fucking up that. Like, it's like uh, a Mitchy, a Mitchell, Mitchy, whatever the fuck they call her now. It's not like Mia Mitchy Yim. Like, do like Seth. Like, Seth freaking Rollins. Like, it makes sense. Like, do that. Mia Mitchy Yim. Like, it would be better because then we'd be like, okay, that makes sense. A middle name is a middle name for a fucking reason or a nickname for a fucking reason. Like, do it with a real reason. Like, because you're calling them both things. It's like, what the fuck? You're confusing us. You're confusing people at home, WWE. Figure out what the fuck you want to call her, please. Thank you. That will help me very much. Anyway, she comes out next. Which I've I've said numerous times. I don't see why she was in this match other than because she's battling Rhea. It's like that. I just thought that that could have went to somebody else, and maybe it would have went to somebody else if Candice LeRae was healthy. But um, which would have been an interesting situation because she's also been in a War Games match, so that would have been a pretty interesting situation. Um, and I actually think about, it, I think she was one of the people in that last. Yeah, I think it might have been five on five. I think it might have been when the women's war game match happened because I think she was in the war games match with them, uh, with, with team uh, Rhea against uh, Shayna and them. But um, but yeah, she so Mia Young comes out, um, uh, and then uh, Rhea Ripley comes out last for team Damage Control, and it's Rhea Ripley, like bruh, like. <laughs> Like, like I've said numerous times, Rhea and Bianca is literally a collision course waiting to fucking happen. It's coming. We just don't know. When it's coming. WrestleMania, I would love to see it. I think it would be a perfect time to put them two together. If you're not going to put Charlotte on Raw and make her fight Bianca, then give us Bianca versus Rhea at WrestleMania. Do not do it soon. Just build it out. Build that fucking storyline out because they had some classics at NXT. I'm pretty fucking sure they have some classics at WrestleMania. So, but last but not least for team, uh, Bianca was Becky Lynch, the man. Came back Friday night. Now, clearly, I couldn't see that shit last night because uh, they had a football game on, and people that was watching football, UCLA and California here watching on Fox, couldn't see when Becky came back, so it kind of fucked up their Turn her return kind of, but she came out and was ready to rock and roll in this match, man. Um, and you know it, the interesting part about the, the the war games matches, right, is the fact that you got people that's beating the shit out of each other for like the last <laughs> thirty minutes. Like, and then when the last person finally comes into the ring, that's when the fucking match really begins. It's like. Nigga, the match been begun, motherfucker. I'm like holding shoulders and shit. My body aching, nigga. I'm, th- I'm with them tables already. 
and you now saying the match has now begun, bitch. Uh, the match been begun. What the fuck are you talking about? Like it's already started, motherfucker. What are you talking about? It's uh, just like damn. Uh, but they, they, this was incredible, man. It was an incredible match, man. From from all women in this match, I thought the weapons, I thought everything was 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 precise. It was pretty fucking good, man. Um, all in all, man. The beauty of this match was, and I like the storytelling of it all because at the end of the match, you see who are the last five women standing. It's Damage Control, Bianca and Becky. Bianca and Becky, who pretty much started this storyline, pretty much, from SummerSlam. And it was beautiful to see how it culminated because it's like, these are the five that started this storyline with Damage Control. Becky's been gone. She's now back. This makes total fucking sense. That these are the two women that's going to stop damage control. And it's like, that was the perfect fucking ending. I thought it was perfect. Because like I said numerous times, I thought Becky would be the last person in. I was like, this is clearly Becky's spot. Like, it's not even a close. Because she's the only other person outside of Cancel Rape that has had problems with damage control. And they tried to hurt her. So it made sense to put her in this match. And to see how it ended. It made even more sense. So I thought it was perfect, perfect harmony. And plus, this kind of ends this this saga with Damage Control and Bianca. Now the storyline continues with what I've been saying for a while. And I said last couple of times, well, the last episode I did this, where it was like, I said, now you can kind of create this storyline between Bianca, I mean, Becky and Bailey. And that's something that we haven't seen before in WWE, even in NXT circles. Like, we never seen Becky and Bailey fight before. This is the first time we might get a chance to see Becky versus Bailey, the one of the original four horsewomen, Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Becky. We've never seen those two go at each other before, and we're finally gonna probably get it because now Damage Control is gonna blame one person for them losing that match, Becky, and now it's kind of interesting again. Because now that storyline with Bianca goes to the wayside, but now it kind of also creates a new conversation because it's like, well, like I just said, I don't want to see Bianca in real fight right now. I don't want to see it. I don't even see it at Royal Rumble. I want to see it at WrestleMania. That makes perfect fucking sense. Now, like I said, if you got a plan in place for Bianca to fight Charlotte at WrestleMania, then all right, I'm cool with that. But if Bianca doesn't have a match... At WrestleMania, that you 100% know, 100% is going to help you. Then put Rhea, who's literally scorching every time she touched the fucking ring. Anytime she comes out on screen, she's killing it. Rhea and Bianca is NXT go. It was NXT go, and it's gonna be WrestleMania go. If that is the case, so if that is the match, put it at WrestleMania. Build this storyline out. Put it at WrestleMania. Just let Rhea continue to do the Judgment Day shit. Let Bianca go off and maybe fight Nikki Cross. Um, you know, fight Nikki Cross and let them have a storyline. You know, it's still kind of like damage control, kind of, but it's not really. And let them, and then build that shit to WrestleMania. Because I think Rhea should win the Royal Rumble. Like I said numerous times, she should win the Women's Royal Rumble. There's not that many people that you would give it to. Shayna, Charlotte again, Becky. Bailey, but Bailey, who the fuck she gonna fight? Ronda? Like, I don't wanna see that shit. So, Rhea's the only person, the only option for the women's Raw Rumble match. Like, that's the only option 
because it would actually make sense if she fought Bianca at WrestleMania because that match was supposed to happen and money in a bank, and it didn't happen. So we need that match ASAP. Speaking of that, before I get into the top, to the last match, which clearly we all don't know what that is, I like how WWE was also posting these, putting these particular structuring these packages throughout the night. Like, you can actually see WWE kind of, like, putting it in your minds, like, somebody's coming back. Just be aware. Something's coming. Be aware. Like, first it was Charlotte. I think the start off Survivor Series. It was Charlotte that started off with a package. Like, the 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 the, the, the prompt, like, a package of her coming back, kind of, and showing her dominance and why she's been one of the greats. And I'm like, Okay, that's pretty interesting. I'm like, hey, that kind of got me excited to see Charlotte again. And then, man, I can, I can do with or without Charlotte when you're not pushing her every five minutes to literally be her dad and break records every day. It's like, when you don't push her to do that shit, it's kind of, she's actually really fucking good in the ring. And then I think it was Brock Lesnar, which was intriguing and shit, because I was like, uh-oh, I almost hit Brock tonight. <laughs> like, do that shit at the Royal Rumble. And have Bobby Lashley and Brock fight WrestleMania, first night of WrestleMania, and get that shit out of the way. Um, and then I think it was like uh, Cody Rhodes. They did one on Cody Rhodes. They did one on The Miz, Liv Morgan. They did a couple, man. They did a couple of those those, those, those particularly strategized packages on people. And uh, I thought it was pretty decent how they did it perfectly because it's like, remember these people because they're coming back soon. Particularly Charlotte and Cody Rhodes because we haven't seen really what is going on with them. And that's pretty interesting. And to see Charlotte be the first person out the gate that they get it kind of like attention to, she's coming back soon. I don't know when, but she's coming back soon. Um, Which gets into the last match of the night and was the best match on the entire fucking card. It was the main event. Team Bloodline versus Team Brawling Brutes. War Games. Oh, man. I don't think this shit needed weapons. But it was intriguing to see how that was going to play out. Now, unlike the women's War Game match, the men's War Game match was centered around a story. Whereas for the women's War Game match, you didn't see the story until the end. Like, you saw the beginning of the story. But you also saw the ending of that story because like I said now you got Bianca pretty much going off and doing all shit now but Becky takes her place in that situation and not it's not Bianca anymore whereas for the team for Bloodline their story is the Bloodline and that's the storyline because this shit got intriguing and it kicked it off because of last night on Friday Night Smackdown which I did see Kevin Owens comes out to Sami Zayn, which is kind of obvious because they're their best friends. They've been friends for 25 years. They were both, uh, you know, uh, best men at each other's weddings and shit. Like, so it kind of makes sense that these two men would, you know, you know, now you're on different sides of the friendship. It's kind of weird. And Kevin Owens comes up to Sami Zayn is like, yo. You really think you bloodline? You really are going to continue to be a part of this faction knowing damn well whenever it's time for them to choose family or you, they're going to choose family. Clearly, it's bloodline, bro. You're not a part of this. You can wear the shirts and you can stream your bloodline all your day, but you're not that. 
And Kevin and Sammy's like, yeah, whatever. Jay, though, is listening. Jay Uso is listening. And Jay's like, uh-huh. Okay. Okay, turn on us, right? Okay. <laughs> so Jay waits until Kevin leaves and comes out the door and like, yo, where you been? We could have used you earlier. Where, where you been? And Sammy's like, I just got here. I just got here. He's like, oh, really? Okay, so have you talked to anybody? <laughs> like, today? Have you just recently talked to anybody? And Sammy's like, dude, I just got here. I just told you. You sure you 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 sure you talk to nobody? You sure you sure you talk to nobody? <laughs> He's like, dude, I just physically got here. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. He's like, okay, okay. <laughs> He's like, okay, okay. And they lost the advantage match last night. Clearly, um, thanks to Sammy because he got tossed in the ring because he was trying to hand a belt to Jey Uso. And Kevin Owens tossed him in the ring. Kevin got in the ring, stunned Jey Uso, and then. Uh, uh, not Claymore. Uh, bro kick to the head, won the match. Advantage goes to the uh to the brawl of brutes. But anyway, getting to this match, man. Before this match even started, it was the backstage, and Jay goes up to Roman and is like, "Yo, have I ever lied to you? Like, come on, bro. Like, I've been telling you since you put this dude in this position. Like, Sammy should not be in this position. He's not blood. He's not us." He will never sacrifice himself like we would sacrifice each other, sacrifice ourselves for each other. And he's pretty much like, yo, he talked to Kevin Owens. Like, I think he's planning something with this dude. Like, come on, man. Like, you got to talk to this dude. Like, get him out of here. We done with him. I'm like, I talk to him. I look him in his eyes myself and ask him if, he, if he's doing that. So Sammy, maybe an hour later, goes up to, goes into the bloodline locker room, goes to Roman's locker room. And Sammy got me hooked, man. Sammy's got this. <laughs> Sammy got it, man. If he don't get a push at the at the WrestleMania too, I'm I'm done with WWE for a minute. This man goes into the locker room, and he's like, "Yo, like Roman's like, talked to Kevin Owens last night." He's like, "Yeah, I did." He's like, "Okay, okay, okay." <laughs> like. What y'all planning? What you, what you, what you planning? <laughs> and and Sammy's like, listen, to be honest with you, Kevin did most of the talking. I just listened. <laughs> You're like, like, Kevin did most of the talking. I just listened. Um, but the way he was delivering this this fucking promo, man, he was just like, yo, like, bro, what more do I got to prove to you that I'm a part of this team and, like, a part of this? I'm, I'm doing everything in my power to show you. Like, I'm here. I'm a part of this. I'm doing this with you guys. And... You know, and it's like I didn't tell Jay and Roman asked him, like, did you did you lie to Jay? Why you didn't tell Jay? Why did you lie to Jay? And he's like, Well, I didn't tell Jay because one, Jay don't trust me already. <laughs> and two, Jay had a match coming up. If I was to tell Jay that, he would already flipped it in his head and had a different thought process on it and every damn thing. So I wanted to keep his mind clear for the match and not tell him because he already don't trust me. Why would I add extra to his plate? Roman's just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The way Sammy was just telling this man, like, yo, man, like, what more I got to do to prove to you that I'm a part of the bloodline? What do, what do I got to do? And and just the fact that Roman never really said anything, he's like, okay. He's like, you with us, right? And Sammy's like, yes, I'm with you. I'm I'm here. Like, I'm here. And, and what got me really more importantly was just the fact that he was like, yo, 
that's like five people that get a chance to walk, four people, five people that get a chance to walk into this locker room. There's the wise man, Paul Heyman. There's the Usos, Solo, and me. He said, you don't think I, you don't think I, like, how important that is to me? You don't think I cherish that shit? What more I got to do to prove my loyalty to you? And Roman was just like, all right, get up. Hugs him. And Roman just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just like, mm-hmm. get into the match. It starts off, and it's obviously Butch, a.k.a. Pete Dunne, who's been in the most war game matches since his obsession in WWE. Um, coming to WWE, he's been in the most war game matches. And he starts it off, and it's pretty interesting to see who starts off for the bloodline because it's Jay of all people to start off. And he tells Jay also, like, I need you to be my right hand. I need you to take care of business tonight. I don't need you to worry about that. I deal with Sammy when I deal with Sammy. But you need to focus on on this goddamn match. So for Jay to start off this match against Pete Dunne, a.k.a. Butch, it's pretty intriguing. Because Jay's got a fucking torn... He got fucking ligaments fucked up in his hand and shit. It's like, you put him in the match first against fucking Pete Dunne, who's literally a technician at dislocating fucking hands, motherfucker. I'm looking at this shit like, God damn, Roman hates Jay. <laughs> like, God damn, Roman hates Jay. This shit is obvious now. And he got, boy, Jay got punished. Oh, my God, my God. Which leads into Rich Holland coming out uh, for Team Brawling Brutes. He, walk, he runs down to the ring. He gets in the ring. They beat him down for three minutes. And enter, and then the cage opens. It's time for the bloodline to come out the gate. And Jimmy's like, yeah, I'm going to go out there and help my brother. I'm going to grab him. I said, mm-mm. Sammy, go out there and fight him. <laughs> like, like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Sammy, go out there and fight him. Sammy's the second person out the fucking gate for the bloodline. Go out there and fight him. You, go out there and fight him. Like, what the fuck? Like, and Sammy's like, huh? Like, <laughs> like, why me, motherfucker? Why me first? Like, yeah. Like, and Sammy goes out the, <laughs> he comes out the cage. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> You're like, oh shit. I don't know about this. Jay kind of stops uh, Butch first, and then Rich Holland kind of gets on him, and then Sammy gets in the ring and starts beating on Rich Holland. And this was such an interesting thing because you're starting to see it. And when it was just those two, they actually worked really fucking well together. Like, it wasn't that much animosity. Like, it, it, I mean, they argued, but it wasn't, like, crazy bad arguing. And it led to, you know, Sammy, at one point, Jay's on a, is literally pinned against the cage. And I think Rich Holland is running to hit him. And Sammy pulls Jay away from the, from the, the, this kind of like the fucking cage spear shit and he pulls him away which i hits the fucking cage he saved jay uh, like he just saved this man and and you see right there now like hmm that's interesting <laughs> I, I, he saved me now i want you to keep that in mind because what i'm about to say coming up next so 
Then the next person at the ball and brute uh, cage is Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre runs down to the ring and proceeds to beat the shit out the bloodline for at least good three minutes. <laughs> beat the shit out the bloodline. Jay getting tossed every which way. Sammy getting tossed every which way. They're beating the lovely shit out of the bloodline. Drew is beating the shit out of the bloodline by himself. It isn't Jimmy from the from the bloodline. He runs. He gets in the cage. They start working on them, start beating them down. Which then inadvertently brings out Kevin Owens, which I thought would have been the last person you bring out, but uh, I guess because I guess Roman and Sam- Sheamus are gonna probably fight at Royal Rumble, and I think that's kind of what they're trying to build towards. So that made sense, and also the history of them as Survivor Series, like Sheamus kind of beat Roman when Roman won his first title, his first WWE Championship, he beat him at uh, Survivor Series, um, cash their money in the bank, so it kind of makes sense. But Kevin Owens gets in the ring. And then he starts working on them, and him and Sammy have like a little bit of a a little bit of a showdown. They look at each other like, "Yo, like you you really want to fight me right now? Like this is this is what you really want to do?" And I forget who brought it broke it up. I think it might have been Jay or Jimmy. I don't remember, but they they stop him. Jay brought in a lot of weapons by the time. Oh yeah, tables. He brought like three tables in, and they're trying to Jay. This is where it's interesting. Jay and J, and Sammy are trying to set up the table, trying to grab the table to set it up. And I think Jay stepped on the table and was like, "Yo, I got this." Like he pushed Sammy, like, "Yo," what the? and <laughs> Sammy like, "Yo, what the fuck? Like, why you why you push me, bro? Like, like man, I got this. I got this." Again, like I just said, they worked better when they were just those two. But when Jimmy got in the ring, it kind of you saw Jay's very protective of the family dynamic but when it was just him and sammy it was just motherfucker save me help me get out of this situation but when it put when you put somebody from his blood in there it's like nah i got somebody that i really do trust get the fuck away from me and it was kind of interesting to see that because it's like hmm, that's intriguing to see so he pushed sammy and sammy pushed his ass back like yo like what are you doing and Roman's just sitting on a stool. Why the way? How the fuck he got a stool in a cage? I didn't understand that. But anyway, he's just sitting on a stool like, bro, come on, man. Like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Solo Sakara runs out to the cage after that. And then they just proceed to beat the hell out of Young Taz. I'm going to call Solo Sakara Young Taz. That's motherfucking Young Taz with the fucking black towel on his head. Looking like Taz from ECW. Like, yeah, that's Young Taz. I don't give a fuck. I know Taz got a son in AEW Hook. That's his real son. Like, Solo Sakara is like Taz. He's, he looked like he looked like Rikishi, but that's Young Taz. I, I call him Young Taz. Um, but uh, he gets in the ring. They they go in. He's no selling, which is pretty interesting to see from a WWE situation. He's taking the he's taking the hits. He's taking the hits. He's taking, but he's no selling, which is very interesting to see in a WWE situation because they usually don't let that shit happen. You gotta sell a lot. But he's, he's, he gets rammed into a cage by Drew, and he kind of, like, looks and, like, ah. And he hits him again, hits him again. He's just taking the punches, like, yeah. And he's just, like, and like, and like he's, take, he's no selling, which is interesting to see in the WWE situation. That's pretty fucking interesting. But anyway, goes into the last person coming out the cage for the, for, uh, the Brawling Brutes, and that's Sheamus. Sheamus comes out. And it goes into a, you know, Sheamus does his thing, beats the hell out of everybody, and then last but not least is Roman Reigns. 
Roman Reigns enters the cage, and by the time he enters the cage, the brawl bloodline is on one side, the brawl and brutes is on another side, and like I said, war games begins and the ring, and they ring the bell again, ding ding ding, and it now really starts. But again, I've been beating this motherfucker. That I've been thrown through tables, hit with chairs for 20, 30 minutes. Bitch, it's been begun. I don't know what the fuck you talking about. Nah, it began. Bitch, it's done. It's been started. What the fuck you talking about? But this goes on, and they they fight, and it's it's incredible, man. They When they finally kind of got up to it, they finally fought. Everybody claimed they got in for it. And it was incredible. Now, I said earlier when Roman, when Kevin Owens and Sammy kind of, um, I got back killing me. Um, but I was like, uh, when I saw Kevin and Sammy stare off, I was like, they gonna do that again later. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. Um, but these two, these two teams beat the living hell out of each other for a good bit. Um, and it goes into the final end of this match where, you know, Roman hits Kevin with a with a spear. I mean, hit him with a with a uh, Superman punch. Tries to hit him with a spear, and Kevin caught him. <laughs> Pop a power bomb, uh, and then he stunned him. Did a stunner on him, and one, two, and Sammy caught the refs. Hand, and let me go back a little bit because before he did that, Sammy and Pete Dunn was fighting, and Pete turned and Jay tried to super kick Pete Dunn, aka Butch, and he ducked, but he super kicked Sammy. <laughs> he caught that motherfucker flush. He caught him, and Jay like, okay, and I don't give a fuck. I can't, I don't care. And Jimmy like, yo, what the fuck you doing? Like, you just kicked this man in the face. And and Jay and Jimmy tries to go get him, like get Sammy up. And Jay like, man, fuck that. No, 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 no. Let his ass stay down there. Like we got bigger shit to deal with. <laughs> like like and people are like, yo, what the fuck you doing, bro? Like like, like the boss of crown called Jay an asshole and everything. It was just like. You know, like you just kick this man in the face and then your brother try to help him up. You're like, man, fuck him. Let's go ahead and let's, let's move on to the next shit. Which brings me to back what I was just saying. Kevin on stuns Roman. One, two, Sammy catches the ref's arm. Kevin on like <laughs> he looked at him like, motherfucker, I know you didn't just, just stop this pin. What are you doing? And they get up, and again, stare off. It's like, yo, like, what are you doing? Like, you really think these are your family? You really are gonna call these people your family when I've known you for 25 years? You've been, like, closer to the family than me. Why are you calling these people your family? And Jimmy is in the corner. Jimmy's trying to, you know, he's getting out, getting up from the ring, and he tries to super kick Kevin Owens, and he caught it. He caught, Kevin Owens caught the super kick. But he can't catch the low blow, because Sammy's saying... Low blow the shit. Just hit this man. Mmm. And, and, and Sammy's like. You can tell he's probably trying to like think. Uh, should I do this shit? But I got to prove my loyalty. 
So it looks like Roman. See, I told you. Bloodline. Hits hits the ropes. Halula kick. Right to the face of Kevin Owens. He falls in the He's holding Kevin Owens up. Looks at Jay. Oh, I was wrong. Drops Kevin Owens. Jay like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> Jay like, all right, fuck it. Splash. One, two, three. The bloodline wins. <sighs> Did I think the bloodline was going to win this match? Not really. Did I even think Bianca was going to win that match? Not really. But I believe Bianca then was going to probably win a little bit more than I thought the bloodline would win this. Um, which is interesting, right, to say, right? Um, after the match, um, Sammy pretty much look, puts Roman up and says, told you, I am loyal. I'm I'm loyal, man. Roman hugs him. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you are. Which was really intriguing was after he got a hug from Roman, Jay hugged him. Jay Uso hugs Sammy Zayn like it's Christmas. And he's a gift. <laughs> Just hugs him like, what the? Yeah, man. Hugs him again, picks him up. Twirls them and shit. Like, it's just like, what the fuck is going on this shit today? But it's more important to see how Roman looked. Because when Jay pins him, Roman's looking. You actually pay attention. Roman's looking at Jay. He's looking dead at Jay, like, so you the person I should be questioning. You keep trying to put this man against us, but yet you the one. That I should be questioning because you, last couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, you was like, I don't give a damn what the tribal chiefs say. It seemed like you were on my spot. And people didn't probably peep that, but I, <laughs> I peeped that. I peeped that very well. And before they got off the air, Roman, like, has Sammy over here, Jay right here. Roman's like, he's looking kind of like that Jay, like, Something's up with this shit, bro. You 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 doing too much. <laughs> and I think Jay's the first person that's gonna kick out the bloodline. You might think I'm crazy, but it kind of leads to that, right? It's kind of like he was the first person in the bloodline. He kind of has been the one person that, out of every single person, he kind of got beat into disobedience. Everybody's willing; they were willing to go into the bloodline. He's the only person that kind of had to get. Beat into disability, into uh, and 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 to pretty much being a part of the bloodline. He's the only person that actually physically had the chance to be the tribal chief, and he got his ass whooped. <laughs> really got his ass whooped, but he had to get beaten into disobedience to be a part of the bloodline, where everybody else was willing to be a part of the bloodline. Solo Sakara is pretty much sent by the, the elders to be a part of the bloodline. Jimmy just fell in line after a couple weeks and was like, all right, I, I just fall in line with my, like my brother. Sammy is willing to do the bloodline's bidding. Jay's the only person that physically had to be forced into the bloodline. 
think about it. Jay's the first person that's probably going to get kicked out the line, which is funny to hear. But, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty interesting, man. All in all, man, Survivor Series War Games was incredible, like I said. And I will be doing a post-War Games uh, follow-up. So, Monday, Friday, I will be doing the rest of my life podcast episode. I'll probably do it Saturday, uh, next Saturday. Um, or maybe probably that Friday night. I don't know. But, um, excuse me. Um, all in all, man, this was incredible, man. This is a really good fucking pay-per-view. For the amount of matches that it had, like I said, for the matches that they pretty much promoted and pushed – for, and they didn't really do a lot of press for this particular pay-per-view. Maybe because they felt like those two matches that I was going to hinder, it was going to really push this pay-per-view. But I don't see how people could really hate on this pay-per-view. Other than the Ronda Shotzi match, even that was pretty much decent. You know, I thought that was pretty much decent. Um, this was a pretty good fucking pay-per-view. You know, you had some wild finishes, like the, the Austin Theory winning the title. Um, but all in all, man, I thought it was a really good pay-per-view, man. And pretty, pretty, pretty good pay-per-view. Um, after the uh, the post-Civil uh, Series War Games episode for Wrestling Life, I'm going to do uh, my top 10 uh, matches. Yeah. Uh, so, be on the lookout. I'm going to probably do my top 10. I did my top 10 wrestlers earlier this year, but I'll probably redo it. Because uh, it's getting at the end of the year, and now I can finally engage where everybody's at. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be the same list, but to be honest, it might not be. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm doing a top 10 wrestlers for 2022, and I'm doing my top 10 matches for 2022. And also, I'm going to do my predictions in my yearly review of wrestling. So that's pretty much all the episodes coming in December uh, after the post-War Games uh, episode of War Life. But other than that, uh, a wrestling life, said world life, wrestling life. Uh, but until then, man, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like I said, comment, rate, comment, rate on podcast platforms, comment on YouTube, comment on podcast platforms, comment on Instagram, social media. Uh, follow, subscribe, man. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy the rest of y'all night. I'm about to go to sleep. Peace. <laughs>